Let's go. Psalms 118. We'll come back to the Gospel of John and verse number five. <clears throat> I feel there's a heavy attack uh, in the spirit. I want to step out and pray too as a moment as well as change uh, my battery pack. But I do believe that there's some cloudiness in the atmosphere. And, and I believe that God is breaking forth, breaking through the veil. Um, there's some fuzziness and some fog in the mind of, of individuals. And God says he's clearing out and bringing clarity today. He's bringing clarity. He's bringing clarity. Uh, the enemy is trying to close your mind. The Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. And the enemy is trying to clog your ears. So you can't hear the word. And if he he knows if you can't hear the word, then your faith won't increase because he knows if your faith increases, then he's in trouble. Because you'll have the faith to move mountains, y'all. You you'll have the faith to speak to the mountain and be thou removed. So, Father, now we thank you for the fog and the, the haze, God, being clear now that our minds are are at ease, God. That our ears are open that we may hear. God, we bless you. We thank you, oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Move now. Move now. Breathe now. Breathe the fresh in us. Those who are dry, those who are thirsty, replenish. Those who are gasping for air at their very last breath, God, breathe, resuscitate now, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Do it now, Father. Those who are weighing in the balance, waiting, God, trying, waiting to give up, God, uh, I pray today an encouragement come to them. Encourage their souls and their hearts now, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Psalms 118, verse number five. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a very spacious place. When I was hard pressed going through some things, I cried unto the Lord. And he brought me into a very spacious place. When I was going through sickness, I cried out. And he brought me into a spacious place. When I was going through lack and poverty, God heard my cry and brought me into a spacious place. When I was against the wall, couldn't go nowhere, God brought me into a... I don't know who has experienced tough times in their life, but... The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. At that very name, demons will tremble and they would flee. And, and, and watch, when you're going through a tough time, God says, if you would cry out, I will hear from heaven and I'll bring you into a spacious place. It's not enough just for you to be saved. God wants more for your life. It's not enough for you just to be saved God wants more he wants more he wants he wants more flip over to John the gospel of John chapter number eight look what it says it says then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free 
let, let me say something to you. It is not the truth that set you free. You're not reading with me. It says, and you will know the truth. And it will set you free. So freedom doesn't come by truth by itself. You have to know it to be true. So it's the truth that you know that sets you free. So you got to tell your neighbor, you got to know. You got to know. So truth is truth by itself. But if you don't know it to be true, then you can't experience nor benefit from the truth. If you're locked in a room that was filled with darkness and you couldn't see the way out, nor could you see that the door that was locking you in was unlocked, then you will stay in darkness. Why? Because you didn't know the truth that the door was open. So you will stay in bondage for the lack of knowledge of or for the lack of knowing what is true. Father, we thank you. Bless your word now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, Hear this statement. Jesus wants you saved more than you want to be saved. (laughs) Amen. Jesus wants you you saved more than you want to be saved. Oh, I I know this is true. I I know I'm talking to some BCers. What's BC apostle before Christ? A lot of us, before Christ came into our life, we were living life like it was golden, or at least we thought it was, in a life of sin. And, and truth of the matter is, some of us came kicking and screaming to Christ. Yeah. Y'all been saved too long, or maybe just too sad. So some of us was having fun and doing what we was doing, and we, we weren't worried about Christ. We weren't looking for Christ. We, we were just happy doing y'all. I see you shouting at me with them judgmental eyes. And some came the hard way, kicking and screaming. Maybe it was drama or trauma that brought you to Christ. Uh, Maybe it was the car accident or maybe the spouse left you and you fell upon your knees and you cried out to God and, and Jesus showed up. Maybe it was the sickness or disease. Maybe it was the job layoff or the eviction or the repossession of your car and you cried out to Jesus. Maybe you were locked up in jail asking for freedom and you sought Jesus and he set you free. Some of us came the hard way. Hallelujah. But Jesus wanted you saved more than you wanted to be saved. I know it to be true. I know it to be true. But here the thing is, is salvation is not the finish line. Salvation is not the finish line. Salvation is the starting point. Look at your neighbor says the starting point. It is the starting point. Salvation itself is the starting point of your relationship with God. It is the starting point of which God wants to do something in your life. It is not the finish line. When Jesus Christ came into your life to save you, the relationship did not end right there. It was just the beginning. So if you punched your ticket or you have declared salvation in your life that Jesus is the Lord of your life only for you to escape the brimstones of the fiery furnace of hell, then you have missed the whole point of salvation. Oh, God, I'm going to help you all today. So so salvation is the starting place. The, the Greek word of salvation is sozo or sotier. It, what, it, what it means is, it means complete or made whole. 
It is also defined as preservation. It is also defined as um, prosperity. Now, now, many are looking and saying, well, prosperity, salvation is prosperity. Yes, God wants you to prosper in all things. Is that a prosperity gospel message? Can I can I fix y'all right quick? There's no such thing as the prosperity gospel. Y'all heard me say it. Let me say it again. The whole Bible is prosperous. Everything that God gives, he expects it to multiply. Everything God does in your life, he expects it to multiply. Matter of fact, even when God says give, he's going to give it back to you. Press down. So even when God says, I'm taking it from you, I'll expect to give it back to you bigger than what you gave. So there's nothing in the Bible that does not include you prospering. Everything in the word of God. How many of you, watch this, watch this, how many of you want to prosper? Look around. Some of y'all ain't being honest. Everybody wants to prosper. Now watch this. If your hand not lifted and you have a job, quit your job. Because you work to prosper. And if you don't want to be prosperous, keep your job and bring me your check. I'm just saying, everybody wants to prosper. And the word of God comes into your life to prosper you. For wherever you are, watch this, you were in darkness, God bringing the light. That's prosperity. You were in sickness, God brings you to health. That's prosperity. See, prosperity is more than monetarily. God says everything he wants to do in your life, I want it to multiply and increase. That is prosperity. Prosperity is multiplication. Are you hearing me? So, so salvation itself, when you gave your life to Christ, it was the beginning starting point. It is the, 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 it is the inaugural state of your relationship with God. It's the starting point. Christ did not come into your life to get you saved and then to leave you. He didn't come into your life so you could be saved and then your life just ends right there at the point. Because if salvation was just that, that you came and you were saved from the fiery furnace of hell, then the moment you got saved, God would have took you up. Job done. Christ said it is finished at the cross. Not it is finished that our relationship is finished, but it is finished for the fact that I am now secure and safe in your life. (laughs) That I would never leave you nor forsake you. That I'll be here until the ends of time. He said, it is finished. That moment that you felt that I wasn't there, I want you to know because of this moment, I am always here. And here's the example. Nails in my hand. Nails in my feet. A crown of thorns upon my head. And a spear in my side. I'm just letting you know I ain't going nowhere. I'm still here. Tell your neighbor he's still here. So it's the starting point. It's the starting point. Salvation is the starting point. And God wants to continue this relationship with you until the end. Watch. God wants more for your life. Somebody shout more. God wants more. So the thief in John chapter number 10, verse number 10, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life to the full. One translation said that you may come that I come that you may have life in abundance. In abundance. Y'all got to hear me today. God wants more for you. He wants more for you than you want more for yourself. God wants more. Somebody shout, he wants more. 
So I, I want to talk real briefly. I want to take my time, and I don't know if I got good connectivity back there, but uh, tell your neighbor I didn't get wet for nothing. I, I want to take this time to tell you about uh, a couple weeks ago, we baptized over 60, 66 people, I think. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, for those of us who, who dropped in that murky water and, and got dipped and baptized, amen, for some of us, it was the starting point. For others, it was the process of continuing on in God. And, and many of us are experiencing at this moment a whole lot of trials and tribulations. <laughs> amen. But tell your neighbor, I didn't get wet for nothing. Ah, you know, I got wet for a reason. I got wet for a purpose. Listen, my children needed me to get wet. My wife needed me to get wet. My neighbors needed me to get wet. My co-workers needed me to get wet. This generation needed me to get wet. My city needed me to get wet. Why? Because me getting wet fulfilled the purpose of the assignment that God has placed on my life. I had to get wet. And I didn't get wet for nothing. See, it was Jesus being baptized in the water of uh, the Jordan River, getting baptized in, the, in that water. It was to signify the next thing that God was bringing him to. Uh, see, Jesus didn't need to be saved. He brings salvation with him. Right. So, so Jesus already being saved. But watch, he gave this example to us is that when you get water baptized, it is an example of what it looks like, one, to obey God in a New Testament command. But it's also an example of that when you come out of this water, it's not the finished thing, but it's the start of the next thing. What was the next thing? Christ was led into the wilderness by the spirit of God. To be tempted of the devil. 40 days. It was the start of the next thing. His earthly ministry. He didn't get wet for nothing. He got wet to be pushed into his assignment. And his assignment was, as Isaiah says, I have come to seek and save the lost. That the government is upon my shoulders. (laughs) He came to set the captive free. He came to set those who were in bondage at liberty and to serve justice to those who experienced injustice. The water baptism experience was pushing him into his purpose for the next thing. Somebody shout the next thing. Everything God wants to do in your life, he wants to take you from faith to faith, glory to glory. It's always about the next thing that God wants to do in your life. We get caught up on this thing that we miss the next thing. Oh, y'all. Okay, let's. Let me dig a little deeper. Can we dig? Amen. So, so, so uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, experiencing this thing called Passover. It is at the Passover during this time, during the Passover, is that the children of Israel are stuck in bondage in Egypt. And, and God rains these plagues down upon Egypt. Y'all know how the text goes. And God tells them to take a lamb for every house, that every house must make a sacrifice. And in the point of making this sacrifice, he says, take the blood of that sacrifice and with a lentil strike, strike the doorpost. So when the death angel comes for you, he will pass over your house. Why? Because he sees the blood. Now, we don't talk about the blood no more. This new age church that we're in now, this new modern church, we don't talk about the blood. But the blood still works. Back in the day, we used to plead the blood on everything. Amen. Young folk don't know about that. 
You scrape your knee on that concrete, oh, boy, you need the blood. Anybody ever had one they call them a strawberry where you just you scrape that first little scab, a little slab of skin? And you really don't feel it until you get in the shower. That thing sting, huh? Man, you get that little strawberry. It ain't nothing major. You, I mean, you'll live from it. But you bring that thing to grandma, grandma, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Plead the blood. Man, grandma, it's just a scrape. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. No food in the cabinet. Grandma opened up them cameras. I plead the blood. Every, I plead the blood. Everything had blood on it. <laughs> amen. But we don't talk about the blood. The kids, amen. The blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood. Of, they sleeping in the bed. I plead the blood. I, 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 I plead the blood. Amen. So the blood still works. So in this Passover, as we're about to experience, there's this thing that now Jewish culture, uh, they celebrate. They have this dinner called the Seder. And in this dinner, really the word Seder is, is, is just the telling of the story, right? So they tell the story of what happened when the children of Israel came up out of Egypt. They, they, they have this meal and they commemorate and they drink of four cups. And these four cups, it, it helps tell the story of them coming out. I'm going somewhere with that. So, so in, a, in a few short weeks, we're going to experience the Passover, Good Friday, the Passover, and the Passover weeks, uh, Palm Sunday, and all of those things. And, and, and really, it reflects back to when the children of Israel, over 3,000 years ago at that point, were coming out of Egypt. It was the freedom that God wants you and I to experience even in this day. So the Seder, Seder, it's, it's four cups. Somebody shout four. The first cup they would drink of, the cup represented freed from slavery or the salvation of the people. They were freed from slavery or the salvation of the people. Them coming out of Egypt was them being freed from the slavery and the bondage of the tyranny and the rule of the Egyptian rule. They were freed. Somebody shout freed. Yeah, yeah, you know God wants you free. He wants you free. For those of you who are struggling right now, God wants freedom in your life. He wants you to be free. So the first, the first cup is the cup of, of freedom, freedom from slavery. The second cup is, is to get slavery out of the uh, Israelites. So it, it was God bringing them into the wilderness. Watch. He got them out of Egypt, but he more so wanted to get Egypt out of them. Oh, y'all missed that moment. God wants to bring you out of the mess you're in, but not just bring you out. He want to get out the mess that's within. Oh, so he brings them out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. Let me go ghetto for you for a second. You can get the boy out of the hood, but you can't get the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can take the countryman out the country, but you can't get country out the man. So God is trying to get what's in you out of you. So he brings them into the wilderness to get them out of Egypt. But watch, he freed them in one night from Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. Oh, what God wants to do in your life, he wants to pull you out in a moment, but he's going to also go take you through the process of getting what's in you. That's why a lot of us struggle right now, because we're in this wilderness experience. We got out of captivity, but we're still held captive in our minds. You still longing for the thing you came out of. <laughs> That's why when you pass by the hookah bar, you. 
Y'all quiet. Oh, I tell somebody, soft spot right there. You pass by the strip club and you're like, you scrolling through your phone book and that boo that you used to meet late at night, you can't stop scrolling right there you're holding. You're on Facebook on his page. You're still struggling with the thing he brought you out of. You still got pictures of that old romance that you had. Y'all quiet. Oh, I'm coming down your road. That's why, watch this. God not only need to take you out of that thing, but he need to get that thing out of you. And some of you are struggling with your salvation now is because you still got some old junk in your trunk. Some of y'all miss God on a Sunday because you're still dealing with the old stuff. Some of you don't want to worship him because of the old stuff. You'll come sit in the parking lot, but you won't come in the building. So he had to get Egypt up out of the Israelites. But not only that, though, he he came to uh, offer up redemption because you were created for his purpose. To offer up redemption. This is the third cup. Redemption. And then the fourth cup, somebody shout, I've been redeemed. Uh, And then the fourth cup was celebration and joy. So every year they celebrate and they tell the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and they're testifying of these four things. They're celebrating their freedom, celebrating their freedom. That's what God wants to do for us today. He wants you to be free. So uh, tell your neighbor, I didn't get wet for nothing. So God wants you to celebrate your freedom on today. God's intent is not to just get you out of Egypt, but he needs to get Egypt up out of you, right? If, if, if you only, only, only came to Jesus Christ so that you can go to heaven, then again, you have missed the totality of what salvation is. Salvation is the starting point of your relationship with him. It's the starting point. It is where we start at in him. We don't finish that process until we get to be with him. So what salvation does, it saves you from the bondage so that now you're anointed to go save somebody else. Moses came up out of Egypt, but he had to go right back in. Moses came out by himself, but he left with a multitude when he came back out. (laughs) Moses went in. By himself, but came out with a bunch of folk. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is God freeing you from the thing that's holding you bondage so you can go back into captivity and pull somebody else out. Come on, tug on your neighbor right quick. Just tug on and say, I didn't get wet for nothing. I didn't get wet for nothing. I got wet to be anointed to pull you out of some stuff. I got wet to pull you out of darkness. I got wet to pull you out of bondage. I got wet to pull you out of crack. I got wet to pull you out of adultery. I got wet for a purpose. I got wet for a purpose to pull you out. Moses goes in. Watch this. Moses goes in by water and come out by water. Okay, okay. When Moses was a baby, his mother put him in the river. He made it to the palace by way of water. (laughs) He came into the palace by water. He went into the promised land by water. Oh, and the Red Sea opened up and they walked across on dry ground. Watch this. Water brought him into his purpose. 
to fulfill his purpose. What was his purpose? Is to get wet to bring people out. Water brought him out. Water brought him out. So, so here it is. You got wet for a purpose. So you could be anointed to bring somebody out. To set the captivity free. Huh? Thank you, Father. So watch. Grace got you saved. But you got stuck that saved. Grace brought you in. But now you're stuck at saved. God wants more for your life than for you just to be saved. <laughs> Salvation, yes, brings insurance. But God says, I want you to have assurance. Insurance from the fiery grave. Assurance that he will always be there with you. So God wants more than you just to be saved. Don't get stuck at saved. Because here it is in the saved experience. You just come to church and you just sit down. It's in this saved experience. You'll read a couple of scriptures. Oh, that's good for the week. I'm going to hold on. That's going to hold me for the week. Yeah, I know I'm telling the truth. In the saved experience, you'll wake up in the morning, you'll pray for 10 minutes and think you're good for the whole week. This saved experience, you'll come into church and you'll worship and then you'll get home and then you'll lose every bit of that experience you just had. Some of you are going to walk out here today with a different testimony than your neighbor. Some of y'all are going to walk out here with this experience and you'll be like, Lord, God moved today. And they'll be like, yeah, but the worship was, um, I don't know, it was just off today. I, I, I don't know, apostle had jeans on and a sweatshirt. I mean, some of y'all are going to have a totally different experience from your neighbor. Watch this with your saved self. With your saved self. God wants more than just a saved experience. He wants you to live life and life more abundantly. He wants more for you than that. That's the easy part. That's all you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Thou art saved. I'm in Romans. That's the easy part. But the Bible also says that you must walk out your own soul salvation. That's the hard part. That's the part God wants you to. That's where the place he wants to get you at. He wants to get you where you're living out more than just this experience. Hallelujah. Amen. He wants more. He wants more for you. So, so, so God wants more than you just to be saved. Philippians tells us this. Chapter number three, verse number 12. Grab that if you would. All right. And verse number 12. It says, not as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. That's a mouthful. But Paul goes on to say this, brother, and I count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. Paul, Paul said, listen, I've been, I'm, I'm saved in all of y'all. Paul gives this boisterous testimony in the Lord. Paul said, I, I, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. I'm, I'm the Pharisees of Pharisees. I was also the chief amongst sinners. I, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, amen, the cup, and a tattoo. Paul, Paul, he said, but watch this, I'm still pressing. To a mark of the higher calling in Christ. I'm still reaching. Watch. Hear me when I say this, beloved. God never intended you to hit the mark. He wants you to press towards the mark. Because God knew that if you could hit the mark, bullseye, at that moment you would get all arrogant and say, man, I'm perfect. I have arrived. There is none more righteous than I am. So God never told us to hit the mark. He wants us to press towards the mark. Because it's in the pressing is your stretching. It's in the pressing. Watch this. It's in the pressing that you're pursuing. Because as long as I'm pressing, that means I'm pursuing. As long as I'm pushing towards God, pressing towards God, that means I'm pursuing him. And I got to tell you something, beloved. If you want weight loss, then press to the things of God. I'm not talking about physical weight. The Bible talks about cutting that weight, that which is sin. Cut that weight, that which is sin. So as you're pressing towards him, weight coming off. As you're pressing towards him, the things that are holding you bound, the things that are holding you is falling off. It it, it is the 10 lepers that went to Jesus. And the Bible says that when Jesus prophesied that there's healing coming, go show yourself to the priest so that you can offer up the reasonable sacrifice for the healing. The Bible says as they were going, they got healed. As they were pressing to the priest. Healing came upon them. When you're pressing towards the things of God, the things that are holding you cut you. I was going to sing R. Kelly, but y'all mean, don't do it. I think I can fly. When the weight is cut, you'll be able to be elevated. When the weight is cut. So let me, let me press because I, I want to spend these last moments with y'all. Watch. So it says, I press towards the mark of the prize of the, hauling, uh, the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Take me to the next. There, there are a couple of things I want to tell you. Watch this. Why don't we experience this abundant life in God? Why is it that we don't experience this abundant life? Why aren't we walking in more that the more that God has for us? Number one is, watch this. We don't know that there's more. If you knew that there was more. You'll be pressing for more. If you knew that there was a million dollars at the finish line, you'll be running to the finish line. But because you don't know, you won't do. Somebody shout more. So this will prevent you from experiencing the more of God. You must first know. Remember, we started off in John. It says that uh, and you shall know the truth and the truth will. You got to know. Tell your neighbor you got to know. Uh, The next thing is the cares of this world will choke it out of you. You don't believe there's more because your life is telling you that there's not more. Your circumstances and your situation is telling you that there's not more. Your, Your background, 
your, your inheritance, your, your, your lineage of people is telling you that there's not more. You look at your auntie Nim and your grandma Nim and your great-grandma Nim, and they hadn't arrived or hadn't achieved, so you're thinking that's your lot in life. Amen. Because you allow the cares of this world. Sickness and disease are choking out of you. You won't believe God for healing because your sickness will tell you God can't heal. You know, uh, Mimi died of this. You know, Aunt Tootsie died of this. So you won't be, believe God for, to be Jehovah Rapha because your situation tell you otherwise. So it'll choke it out of you. Watch this. Some of us are just not motivated. In other words, let me say it this way to offend you, and I do mean to offend you. We're just lazy. God has said it before us, but we won't go get it. You know, this saved experience that, well, God's going to do it. He do everything. The Bible says that we could do through who's. So he can do it, but he's going to do it through who? No, say me. <laughs> yeah, you need to make it personal. Because <laughs> I ain't going to do the thing he called you to do. <laughs> That's on you, boo. Right? So he's going to do it through us, but we're not motivated. We're lazy. The same experience, like, oh, God is going to do it. He's, he's, yes, he never, oh, who lied to you? That's some things God is waiting on you to do. Because he's already done his part. So, so, so we're just not motivated enough. And, and then watch this. Some of us, give me the next one if you would. Some of us are held by chains of addiction. And addiction is not always a substance. You may be addicted to yourself. I'm going to say that again. You may be addicted to yourself. Always in the mirror looking at yourself. Holding you bound. Can't get more. Because you're addicted to yourself. You may be addicted to food. Addicted to money. Chasing after paper. Addicted. And that will prevent you from getting more in God. Because you're focused on those things than the one who could give you those things. I'll snap myself. Uh, and the last one is we're surrounded by a culture of stuck. What, what do you mean by that? You're surrounded by people who are stuck. You're surrounded by church folk who are stuck. It, it, it's the frozen chosen. It's just us for and no more. It is that we have enough in God. God has done enough, so we don't need to expect enough. Just stuck around people. It, it is the ten spies that went into the promised land and said, we are grasshoppers in our own eyesight. We see ourselves as small. We can't go in and grab all of this stuff that God has promised us. So guess what happened? The whole entirety group of the children of Israel did not go into the promised land. You know why? Because they were surrounded by people who were stuck. They had to spend more time in the wilderness because of stuck people. Tell your neighbor, I'm not sticking with you. If you're stuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so watch this. They're, they are stuck in the wilderness because they're surrounded by people who had a stuck mentality. I didn't say suck mentality. It was a stuck mentality. You suck. <laughs> Amen. Galatians chapter number five says this. Watch. Verse number one. And I'm done with this. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Somebody shout, I'm free. It says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't allow yourselves to get back stuck in the same thing that God has brought you out of. Now that he has freed you, stay free. Because it's in this freedom that you can now experience more in God. It's in this freedom that you can now get more of God. It's in this freedom experience that God can do more in you, through you, around you, and for you. It's because now I'm free. I'm not held bound. I can now move into the thing that God has for me. And it's a large space. It's a spacious place. It's a promised place. It's a blessed place. Why? It's because I'm not free. I'm not held by captivity of the thing that God freed me from. I can now pursue into the thing that God has for me. I didn't get wet for a reason. I got wet for a purpose. Me getting wet and pursuing after more of God means now I have more to share. We said every day, every time we come together, I'm blessed to be a. So the more God wants to do in your life, the more God does through your life is the more that he can do through your life to reach other people. Got wet for a purpose. Just like Moses getting wet. Moses got wet so that he can lead people out. You got wet so God can bring you into more so that you can bring others into the more of God. That is the purpose of you getting wet. That is the purpose of your salvation. That is the purpose. Is that now that you are saved, the thing God brought you out of, He now wants you to go back so you can bring others out of. He freed you so that you can help free others. That you 